Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, welcome to Moralia Python Radio, and tonight we are joined by Walter Koch, and he is from Moralia, Netherlands. Um, if you've seen it on Facebook, it would be Moralia NL. Um, and it's been a long time that we've wanted to, to talk to him, but because of time differences and halfway on the other side of the world, if you will. Time schedules <laughs> that are now Yeah, it's been moot. difficult. Yeah. <laughs> but now we can finally uh, get to talk to him. And I guess I would say if you are into Australian pythons, that this is going to be the episode for you because he has an amazing collection um, of Australian pythons. We're talking Moralia, Antaresia, Lyasis, Aspidites, you know, all, it's on all, and, and Ruffies, Owen, Ruffies. That's pythons. included in Moralia. <laughs> you know? well, I don't know anymore. I mean, sometimes, you know. I mean, they, there hasn't been a, changing, you know? there hasn't been a taxonomical that. paper yet, but I, would I be, no, would I, I would not be shocked, but for right now, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, we're super excited. So welcome to the show. Uh, I'm glad to have you, man. Finally, after, you know, nine years. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> nine years of trying, yeah. Right. Mm, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Yeah. I'm uh, happy to join in, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so are we. <laughs> yeah, so normally, uh, Wilder, we start off with... Um, you know what? What got you in the reptiles? I mean, we we kind of ask everybody, and it and it does vary a little bit, especially depending on uh, people outside the United States. So, what what got you into the whole reptile thing? Yeah, I guess it's the it's the same story as with most of the guys, like you already mentioned. Okay, I was one of those kids that. Uh, yeah, my parents tried to drag me across the zoo, but I stayed in the reptile house, you know, <laughs> not going to the elephants and everything, just staying at the fence and uh, staring at the crocodiles and everything. <laughs> and uh, yeah, got myself got myself some turtles um, as a kid. That became a lizard and. <laughs> Slowly step up and just keep mo moving up the rank. Bothered uh, my mom because I wanted to have a snake and that was not coming into the house. Okay. Um, yeah. That was a little bit of a battle. But guess who won, who won the battle? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say you at this point just because the collection and everything. So uh, what was the first snake? First snake was a, um, as we call them here, royal pythons. You probably <laughs> heard of those. Some some people still call them uh, bull pythons, and some people I think are still uh, keeping them. But uh, yep, yep, bull pythons. Right. And, and, to say it. <laughs> and, and what 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 led to the Australian species? Like when when did you? Was it always an interest with them, or was it a a certain moment. Well, I pretty much got, got uh, hooked up with the, the bull pythons, uh, mm -hmm. reading them at my parents, and um, yeah, was looking for, further at that time. What uh, what else is interesting? And um, I, I was working part time or helping part time at the reptile shop back then, mm -hmm. and uh, got in touch with several animals, and always the pythons uh, stood out for me and. 
Yeah, did some um, um, some breeding loans and everything that you do as a teenage kid. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I got some Apodora back then, uh, uh, green trees, uh, what else, Savu pythons, things like that. Yeah, ring, ring pythons. And yeah, that kind of led to me towards um, the Australian species. I mean, yeah, I got... It, it, it's, I think I was just infected with uh, basically the Pythons of the World book, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dragged you in that way. Okay. Guilty. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, that got me hooked. And um, a lot of species I never saw mm-hmm. back then, of course, and including the Ruffies. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I would see one alive, and yeah. Okay. So, um, do you do you have favorite species in your collection, or is it like hard to choose one out of all the ones that you have? It kind of varies. Mm-hmm. Luckily, um, um, I must say the roughies are pretty, pretty high up there. You know, mm-hmm. of that list. I mean. It probably has has to do with um, staring at that book all this time and <laughs> all the time that you did, that you're admiring the species and yeah, always dreaming about it. And then I, I still when I hold my roughies, yeah. Although you see them every day, I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> yeah, it's just something special. It's I something mean, fun to do. It's like it's something else. So yeah, yeah. It it's different than the rest of the snakes in the room. I mean, you know, sometimes what's different in the room is really cool, and that varies from species to species. Sometimes you just really like the roughies today. Uh-huh. Other times it the roughie bites you. So you know what? Maybe you leave that one alone and you go play with the Kribo for a little bit. Yeah. So it yeah. I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. So, I mean. Uh... It's with a lot of snakes. When you just look forward getting your snake, you know you you you, you source them, and then mm-hmm. you you find uh, you know you you can you're in contact with the breeder. You you look forward to getting them, and then once you have them, the excitement is well not gone, but less. You know. Right. Yeah. It's... Not with these for no. some reason. Just I don't know. But uh, yeah, roughies are pretty much. It's very high up there on the list. Okay, pretensus, I, I would say. I like I like those a lot. Just just mm-hmm. just a uh, yeah, just a, a small bite and the whole package is such a small. Um, yeah, you know, just a, just a, it's some again something different something cool they're so small they're there's yeah. there's something out yeah i get that so yeah. yeah um so can you kind of give us a brief overview of what your collection is made up with now i mean what what species are you working with um yeah like you you, you guys added up at the introduction uh the the carinado and it comes from really i have a couple of other carpets but nothing okay uh, Nothing big anymore. I would say just ten or maybe a dozen. Okay. 
containing of Darwin's, uh, some jungles. I think there's one coastal in there. Yep. <laughs> Just one coastal hanging out. Yep. Right, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, then the Antares, yeah, that's the that's the 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 main main okay. thing doing right now. I just love to have those small small pythons. You just can keep a lot in a in a limited space like I have. Mm-hmm. And there is so much variation in them. So many, yeah, localities and yeah, the different stuff you know, here. I wish we could have more, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are all those rules in the way. Yeah. 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 Yep. Stupid. So. Um, yeah. Then uh, I have uh, my uh, old pair of uh, olive pythons for the asses. Cool. Uh, yep. I like those a lot. Yeah. They are born in 2001. And yeah. Wow. Wow. That's... All animals. All yeah. them. I like Jeez. that. And then some Aspidites. <laughs> okay. So Womas, blackheads, or a mix? Uh, both, yeah. Nice. Yeah, working with both. Yep. Okay. Now, which one do you prefer, the Woma or the blackhead? Um... You know, that kind of fairies, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, sometimes the blackheads, but yeah, blackheads do it for me, but they're, they're, they're a little harder to work with, and I like the Womas for being a little bit more easy once you know how to do it. Right. Yeah, I I I, I want to get into blackheads, but I, I feel like I would just get into it. And I keep liking them in other people's collections, but I'm not sure if I'd like them in my collection. So, you know, you like to go over, play with the other people's snakes and then leave. It's like playing with monitor lizards. You get to leave it the day. They have to clean the cage. You just get to play with the lizards. So, um, but maybe, but that's awesome. Um, so is there anything else you kind of have? hanging around kind of like the coastal where it's just kind of one or that you kind of have a pair of that you're maybe toying around with? Um, I have some earless monitors. Oh, no way. Okay. Jeez. Wow. Man, I was looking at some of the pictures you had over on your uh, Facebook page of those. And I can Uh tell you, man, they look like dragons for real. It's like, (laughs) like, how I never realized. How big are they? Because I've heard like every picture I see of them, they look like, they're the size of a Gila monster that lives in the water. But then I've heard they're like, they can fit in the palm of your hand. You, you, uh, with or without wings. Um, <laughs> no, no that, that, they're, they're pretty small. Yeah. 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 I, I yeah, so. they're, wow. they're like, um, yeah, maybe, yeah. uh, a spy, uh, what's that? Ferranus Akaturus. Maybe oh, okay. a Eki, okay. something like that, oh. but very, very slender. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's bigger than I thought they were. I, I, yeah, I could be I mistaken with that, but yeah. yeah that's that, really cool. Yeah, they're, they're pretty neat, yeah. Wow. Hmm. Okay. What else is there? Uh, a few Blue Tongue Skings, uh, the Nordens. The intermediate. Okay. 
Um, keeping uh, a pair of rubber boas. Okay. Yeah. Are they the only boas you have, or is that just like for fun? You got a pair of rubber boas. Yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we all have one. That's all right. It's okay. We all have them. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it. That's a that's an extensive collection, and um, I mean, do you kind of find it maybe a little bit difficult to? I don't know, breed and have success with all those different species at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all, all, all the odds I just mentioned are not in the snake room. Okay. Yeah. Try to uh, focus on them separately. I, f- I find it hard to, um, <clears throat> to, to really combine that, you know? Mm-hmm. To have it all in one place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It- is that what you would suggest for extensive collections like that to kind of maximize efficiency is sometimes you got to divide it up? Maybe, yes. Okay. It all depends on the species and everything, but, yeah, try to uh, try to combine things that go together. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. So, I mean, is like, do you just have uh, several separate snake rooms or do you just kind of try to maintain oh, one and then... Split everybody out. I'm sorry. I wish. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we all can't have a building. It's like that's. Uh, so you just split out the ones that maybe don't fit real well, or might need something a little bit more, or a little bit less uh, than the your core species. Which is, um, would you say that you kind of follow the room? Kind of follows the Antaresia, or does it kind of follow just Australian snakes in general? Yeah, the uh, the pythons are all in a, right. in a in a bedroom, and for the other critters, I uh, I found different places among the house. <laughs> okay, they're just spread yeah. throughout. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you have like a heated room or is it just a yeah. ambient? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the the ambient temperature over there is but. 84, I would say. Oh, okay. Okay. Something like that, 84, 85, normally. But uh, it's also dependent on the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you individually heat the cages as well, or do you just do the ambient room temperature? Yeah, they have uh, all access to heat mats around okay. uh, 90 degrees. Okay. Something like that, yeah. So out of all the animals in the collection which one has been the most challenging to breed hmm. I don't know I, f- I find it hard to uh, conclude things like that okay because um, sometimes you only have access to one pair and you just can be unlucky right but, um, in that aspect I would say I would say black hats okay I find them. Uh, I did breed them a couple of times, but um, now I'm focusing on certain blackheads. It seems quite impossible. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> what is it? They don't lock, or they don't? She doesn't ovulate, or? Well, normally locking is not a problem, but um, you just don't nope. get the eggs. That's it's just the I, ovulation. 
I hate that. But with, with these, they, they just don't want to lock. They don't want to huh. calculate. No. Huh. Huh. Yep. That's aggravating. It's like that would, that would drive me up a wall. It's like, yeah. It is. <laughs> Especially if you've had success before. It's like, well, what did they, and you're doing the same thing. It's like, well, no, this worked before. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So uh, we're going to start kind of jumping into some of the species. And um, the sure. first one I'm going to take, even though it's probably – Eric's favorite, but I'm going to talk about the rough scales because, um, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, if he, did, if he didn't give that one to me, I was going to smack him. So um, I guess are you able to kind of tell me what you find the most appealing about the species? What do you find that makes it such a cool animal to work with? Um, yeah, um, like like you also already mentioned um, yep. <clears throat> they they are just something else they need to belong in their own group <laughs> um, maybe with the chondros of course like Terry right. Post, rock chondros I think he was the first one on that <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's a very fitting name in my opinion um, <laughs> yeah what's so cool about them I mean they're, they're, they're just a very easygoing species, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, they they're so laid back, and you can handle them very very well. No uh, no sneaky biting like some carpets do, you know. <laughs> they're around the back bite, or when you're holding them, and then they just turn on you. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. get that. Yeah, I don't like those. So, no, I get that. Um. How many animals are you currently working with with the rough scales? Um, I initially had a, a pair of those. Okay. Uh, bred them and a couple of years back, and I hold back um, free of the free from that clutch. Okay. So I'm sitting on five adults now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, and I have a couple of yearlings that need to go when. Um, but no COVID thing will uh, loosen <laughs> well, up well, and let them leave. Loud <laughs> yeah, and that's about it for the moment, actually. Okay, it's not it's not huge, and um, I guess do you have any concern with breeding adults to the babies? I mean, because from what I've heard from other breeders, being where they are from in the wild, plus founder stock stuff, everything is. So interbred, and there hasn't been any problems. I, I haven't seen anybody have any kind of issues or hold or hangups about breeding mothers to sons and fathers to daughters and things like that. Yeah, I I, I haven't seen or noticed any okay. uh, any uh, any issues on that, but. Um, yeah, that that's funny enough. That's one of the questions you get when people are inquiring for rough skills. Do you have different bloodlines? I mean, there are. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there were only five animals to begin with, I believe. Uh, yeah, and I did, and that's it. Every yeah. everything is based off of those five. So no, <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, it, it's going to be weird to field those questions. Um, but because there's always going to be somebody who thinks that if they buy one from you and then go buy one from somebody else, that they're getting unrelated animals. Um, yeah. And that's just not true. <laughs> um, but uh, so what is your approach to keeping and breeding them? Like, what are your setups like? Um, I have my adults in... Um in those uh, two to two models from Vision, you know the square. Oh yeah. Pages. Yeah. Okay. I keep them in that with some uh, sticks in there and um, just a water bowl and newspaper. I don't find them really um, in need of a, <clears throat> of a high box, but that's also because they're above my my uh, eye level, so. They're not that shy in my in my um, in my observation. Okay, um, they they don't mind being seen. Oh no, no. Most times they're just in the middle of the cage, cold up, and they don't like to hide in corners or anything. Not in my experience, at least. Um, Do they perch a lot, or are they just strictly on the ground? Um, most of the time they are on the ground. Most of the time in the morning, or or like now in the evening when they 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 use their perches, um, crawling around or just uh, laying on the on the on the horizontal perch, mm-hmm. like uh, like they maybe do in the wild, just laying on the branch to uh, wait for birds or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, but. Okay. Yeah, but not not like not like real condros. <laughs> <laughs> they don't just sit on a stick all day in the middle of the cage. Okay. No. So. Not the adults, at least the babies. That sometimes, but not the adults. I'm curious. Have you guys, either of you guys, ever observed um, the uh, classic? Uh, I guess you would say it's a chondro uh, or. Carpets the, do the same thing. The draping. The you know they're hanging with the in the S shape. You know what I mean? They're hanging like off the off a perch. Oh, like hanging for something to come all along and just snap it up. Hanging down, yeah, yeah. I, all the time with the roughies because they'll my mine have shelves in their cages so they can sit on the shelf and and they're like the same thing uh, with Uter. Mine are above my head a little bit, so they'll sit on the shelves which are a little bit even higher above my head and stare directly down at me at mealtime. So yeah, it's it's death from above and fantastic. So. Yep. Same here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell when they're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the greatest, right? Yeah, they, they, they. You, you're aware. <laughs> it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to keep those hands out of the cage. Wu <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever seen the um, the threat display out of any of your guys? That is kind of a funny story to say. Okay. Um, I had a friend over here, and um, a local friend, and uh, we were talking about the Ruffies, and uh, I said, well, let me get one, because they're so placid, you know? <laughs> we, yeah, you, you know where Famous last words for everything, yep. yeah, okay. Because <laughs> they never bite. <laughs> and um, it was in the evening, but not, not like dark, you know? Dark, darkness was approaching, maybe... Um, an hour later or so, and um, he sat at the dinner table, and I sat in front, um, at the opposite of him. 
with its ruffy in my hands. And I said, well, they don't bite. And suddenly, for me, out of the blue, he started doing this um, uh, fret display, which i never seen uh, okay. this in real life. So there you go. But that's so, like the coolest part of it, right? I mean, that is that is that is an icing on their on the cake, right there. I mean, that they can do that they do that as something to show you their teeth. I mean, that's just awesome. So, and it's a perfect pet. I mean, with your dog, when you want to show something, he does the opposite. Well, <laughs> you <know> with your ruffy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's very nice, and then it shows you all the teeth. Uh, so yeah, that's the trick, Owen. That <laughs> is the trick. Oh God! But I must say, not, not, not. Still, uh, I, I, I didn't want to try it really, but um, still very reluctant to buy more the the display than really the intention to to get a hold on you. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So um, now. For breeding, I mean, have you do you have any observations that you've kind of noticed over your success with breeding them? Is there a certain time? Is there something that kind of shows you that the female might be ovulating or be ready? Um, is this something to look out for? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just normally put them together in the middle of winter. Okay. Let's say after New Year. Um. It normally takes some time before they um, decide to uh, to stick together, to to um, you know look each other up. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm saying it this way because they the mating is they're they're a little bit shy in that aspect. I find them. Okay. Uh, uh, have Have you observed the lock before, or have you just all of a sudden? look at her and you realize that eggs are coming well you see locks but not that often and okay. normally not um i had it once or twice when i uh right after introduction but normally it takes a few days okay yeah okay um but then again that was only I don't have 20 of those, you know. Okay. It's hard to take conclusions on just one pair. Right. So introduction after the new year, and then they kind of leave each other alone. Then they start kind of cozying up to each other after a bit of time. Um, And then uh, do you leave the male in there until the female kind of shows you signs of being gravid, or do you pull him after a certain amount of time? Yeah, I normally leave him for a couple of days, okay. get him out, and then put him back. Okay. And, uh, keep on doing that until you see, like you say, um, yeah, good signs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're yeah. on the right track, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, and that's normally after you warm them up, which okay. is about a month or a couple of weeks after introduction. Okay, and uh, when do you normally expect uh, eggs? Like, what time of year? Uh, it gets a little later every every year. I got oh, my no. first clutch in. Uh, I think it was the second week of April. Okay. Um, 
every year it's it's about a week later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but. And um, you said you're kind of observing that the clutches are getting larger. Yeah, I wrote that last year, but now this year the clutch is smaller. Oh, what the hell! <laughs> 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 it's right back to the I did something or I'm going to show you the rough scale and it's going to do the opposite. So you wrote there this you thing about the clutch getting bigger and then this year smaller. So, all right. Yeah. <sighs> but, Rotten uh, animals never cooperate. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> You don't hear me complaining. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, she got uh, 11 eggs and that was the same as her first clutch. Okay. So, yeah. I'm pretty happy with that. It, it's it, any it's more rough scales than you had a little bit ago, so fine. It's totally fine with that. Yep. Um, now uh, we did notice that you kind of put a nest box in with these guys. Do you provide that for all your uh, expecting mothers, or just the rough scales? Mm. Um, especially the rough scales, I like to put that in because. Okay. Yeah, I find them using it a lot. Um, with with a lot of other animals that are in in in, in trays, I just put nest material under the under the newspaper. You know, mm-hmm. gives them a, gives them a little bit more of a yeah a nest facility. Okay, I and like just, it. Uh, yeah, they just ball it up and make their own kind of nest or something after that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, with the roughies, um, same as uh, as with everything, torn newspaper mm-hmm. uh, material, and then a newspaper on top, which they can hide on under. Okay. Yeah. Um, are they are they good with their eggs, or are they like a chondro where you have to like lock it in the nest box so that it'll actually take care of its babies? Oh, I don't know about that. I didn't. Okay. Ne- <laughs> I never did um, um, leave the the mother with their eggs. I always okay. take them out. But um, yeah, they they look like pretty good mothers. Okay. I mean that their behavior like a um, uh, a complete beehive for even lifting the eggs. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like that. I feel sorry for the mother because she's so skinny afterwards. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks so horrible. <laughs> but I like, I like to try that one day, especially with these. I feel quite confident they will make it full. Well, they do make it full term in nature, of course, but mm-hmm. they, they will do a very good job. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe one day if I lose my mind, I'll let my mothers keep it. Um, but. You're fine. You can. I won't. So it's that's all you, buddy. Um, As far as um, babies, have you had any issues getting them started? Have they been a complete pain in the ass or is it some years are better than others? How are they with getting feeding and starting? Yeah. Um, Some are better than others. And I, I. I got last year's were pretty mm-hmm. pretty hard to get going. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have any trip tips, tricks, anything? Dear God, it's yeah. I'm about to run into 
my Wait, first babies. So are they worse than prosthesis or are they easier? Well, mate, nothing is worse than okay. <laughs> okay, all right, there we go. All right, so good. We we no. know the we know the basement. We know the no. bottom level. So I've, I found them easier than a lot of carpets. Let me oh. put it that way. Jeez. Okay. All right. That's my personal experience, and I must say, on weighing them, what I found in the books that there are 16, 17 grams when when born, and mine were on average closer to the to the 20, 20 grams range. It's so, a big baby. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not that much of a difference, but relatively, it's kind of make a difference, I guess, or it can make a difference. Um. Yeah, just just try live food. Okay. Starter and and aim, I, aim on those big big fuzzies. Okay. You know, <laughs> okay. a little bigger than you would than you would try to feed a snake with a neck that thin. <laughs> <laughs> Go a little bit bigger. I, yep. I I literally have a friend that breeds button quail, and uh, okay. he's he's going to have babies baby button quail hatching all throughout the next couple months. And I'm like, Hey, um, do you need all of them? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just would let me know. I can buy a box of baby button quail and just pop them in there. So I don't know if, it, if I become desperate, I'll, you know, see what I can do with that. Um, I would imagine they're starting on skinks, right? In the wild. I wouldn't know. Cause I mean, the, the, the button quail babies are the size of a carpenter bee. Like they're, 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 they're tiny, about the size of a fuzzy, but it's a bird. So find me a baby python that is not going to go insane over that. So or a bird, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it should, it should be. Yeah. Could be yeah. a good option. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, we'll see if they eat it. It's like, you know. Well, I they guess don't... it's kind of like uh, chick, chick down that you use with, you know, with carpets. And they go. So. Yeah. So, but this is the actual chick. Forget the down, yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's it's. I went further, yeah. so it's it. it's just something to think about. So, um, I you, mean, you mean scenting them, right? Do you do scenting or anything like that? Yeah, I try, I try without it first, right. you know, to get the easy ones to uh, set those uh, separately from the from the tough part of the clutch, right. and that um, yeah, you, scenting does do the trick. Does do the trick a lot of times. It can be helpful, especially ascending uh, live babies. Yeah, uh, just put live the puppies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But definitely, yeah. you think it's the live, the movement of the live that maybe gets them to have a predatory response. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so, and also. Um, um, they're a bit defensive when they're first born, but not that mean you know <laughs> it's like some carpet you know what i mean that, that, that yeah. oh yeah it's like baby 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 bread lie when you go to feed them they want to hide and run from you because it's scary but yeah. baby jungles want to come in for you not not the food <laughs> they eat yeah. you yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah they're not like that they're more like the bread lie and i normally have more um success on just leaving them alone with their prey than uh, really triggering them Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Just kind of leave it in there and let them figure it out. Yep. Hmm. 
Is there any, like, um, have you experimented with, um, I guess we'll get into this with Antheresia too, but um, I was listening to Peter Birch. He was on a podcast, and he was talking about how um, Peter Krauss told him to feed his blackheads when a storm was coming in, like the baby blackheads, to get them to go, and they wet, which I've <laughs> never heard that. <laughs> I've never heard. I mean, I, I've, I've heard, heard driving s- them in the car. <laughs> maybe it's something with the pressure. Yeah, maybe that's what the car thing is, but I'm just curious. And I've heard sometimes with chondros, if you feed them in the evening, sometimes you'll get you'll get more success. Have you tried anything like that? Um, not with pressure systems or <clears throat> things like that. No, and I normally when I, when I put prey items in there, I normally do that in the evening and okay. just check for them in the morning. Gotcha. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Hmm. Uh, no, no, I never did, did something like that, nor did I hear about it. I haven't either until or, I'm yeah, to this podcast. That's a weird like, one. I mean, like, oh, okay. It, it's the general rule of thumb that if you're going to start breeding the snakes make and, the, and a storm's coming, make sure the snakes are together because, right. you know, that that's just that. So it would I believe that maybe they're more susceptible for hunting during a storm? I don't know. It, probably. Well, could it be that the... I'm trying to think about that logically. Like, I mean, what would the prey be doing during the storm? They'd be hunkering down, wouldn't they? They would not going to run all over the place. That's what I don't understand. So, but I don't know. That pressure is triggering them to eat because after they don't storm, know how long they're going to hunker down. They're going to be yeah. out and about, right? I mean, Man, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. So, okay, so roughies are cool, but they uh, are. Then we have Antaresia. Which... How dare you already? <laughs> Just. <laughs> Can't believe and, you did that. And, and I know you said earlier you're working with the the westerns, the childrens, the pygmies, and the pygmy bandits. I mean, you know, uh, it's that's that's quite a uh, quite a collection. But um, I mean, do you approach their cares the same way that you're approaching this with the roughies, or are they a little bit different? Or do... um, yeah, they they are just in um, um, more uh, lower boxes, you know, smaller boxes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's, they they're just just like colubrids, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Do they do better in um, the boxes as opposed to like a full out cage, in your opinion? What what's that exactly? Um. Do do you have them in like uh, bins or um, rack systems, or do you have them in cages? Yeah, I have them in uh, rack systems. Do you yeah. think that they they do better in the rack systems than if you were to put them in a cage? Um, yes, I think so. Okay. I, I just like them keeping that way, and they do well for me. I don't know if they are doing better or worse, but in, a, in a cage, but yeah. Don't, working, fi- don't fix it, cage. yeah. <laughs> yeah, working with small snakes in a cage, yeah. I don't know. Okay. It doesn't work for me too good, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the cool thing about Antaresia in general. I mean, you're getting the python feel, but in a tiny package. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's like the perfect size, if you will, you know, for, for a lot of people. It doesn't get, you know, you're not talking retic or olive. And, you're, not, you know, even if a carpet's a little big, you, you got this something besides a royal python. Uh, mm-hmm. Here you go, you know. 
Yeah, everything everything you need you can buy at the local hardware hardware store. Paper <laughs> Everything that's just so easy to care for, and yeah. And I don't know what your experience with them is, but it seems like once you get them go, I mean, it can be tricky to get them going, which we can get into some of your your approaches with trying to to get them going. But um, once they're going, kind of like most, you know, the, the trickier ones, like uh, you know, carpets fall into this. I guess roughies fall into that. Uh, blackheads and and these, it's like. You know, once they're established, they're pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're bulletproof then. <laughs> it's, so you can get there. It's getting there. Okay. Yeah. It's, that's the struggle. I got it. I mean, as if I approach my spotteds, and you know, they just want to. They're just like coming out with their, you know, the the mouth open, ready to go. You know. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, they love to eat you, and they they are pretty good to start the spotteds. Especially the capes, they are born a little bit bigger than the rest. Right. Cape York spotted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very cool. They, uh, you're working with them, right? I mean, is, uh, you, I mean, with the with with a project like that, are you trying to reduce the pattern? Because the ones I've seen that you have, like it's man, they're really cool. Especially the head, they got that dark, like the line in between their scales is black, which pop makes the head stamp pop out, you know, the head scales. Love that. Yeah. I, I, I had two babies like that and, um, um, in, in, all, in all the clutches. And I just kept them apart. And unfortunately, the male didn't make it, but uh, the female mm-hmm. did. And um, she, produced, she produced some eggs. And yeah, I hope I can reproduce it in some way. I'm not saying it's a straightforward morph, but yeah, right. It, 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 yeah, it is something else. They promising. Yeah, yeah, maybe I guess it's like a polygenic trait, maybe selective breeding, that kind of kind of project. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. And there, there's so many colors in them. They're they're so rich in color, even purple and 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 oranges and yeah. So many things are possible with Cape Yorks, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't see them around a lot, and at least here in the states, I don't know. I'm well, probably over where in Europe, it's it's probably more available, I guess. I don't know, but you over see here them it's very rare. Well, yeah, well, not that I'm often. Getting, I got mine from the U.S. <laughs> oh well, all right then. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But now we know where they all went. They went to the Netherlands. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Damn it. Because we were too focused on royal <laughs> python. Wooter you know? came in and swept them all and took them all out. It's all right. <laughs> so it's, um, but that's all. They're, they're a cool underrated thing. And it's one of those things that when, when uh, Cape York spotted pop up on a classified site, they're gone within an afternoon. Yeah. Like it's not, a, they don't sit. So. Yeah, and then you have people that are saying they're Cape Yorks when are they really, you know, no. that kind of deal. <laughs> like deal with that kind of nonsense, too. What's but, that? Um, uh, you know, like, you have pe- as soon as Cape Yorks become a popular thing, then everybody has Cape Yorks, you know what I mean? So you have to make oh, sure yeah. where you're getting them from is is, is legit source, if you will. Yeah. Oh, those uh, Cape Yorks you see, head for granite and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, doesn't that's, it that's, lose uh, the locality once you cross it with something I, else? It's got it. Yeah, you're done. No, just heterozygous for Cape York then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
That's how you fix that problem. You say that. Okay. That's yeah. like the question. Um, uh, how does the jungle morph work? Uh, what? Carpets. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a jaguar python? No. Huh? Yeah. No. Okay. It's a, it's a jungle, right? That's a yeah. morph, right? No. Uh, uh, no. Okay. All right. Back on track. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, let me ask this. Do you have a favorite uh, species in the Antaricia uh, genus? That, that well, I mentioned the pygmies. Pygmies, but, that's yeah. right. Okay. So yeah. They're your favorite. Okay. I like those a lot, yeah. I, I work with them once, and I'm going to try to get another pair from Justin. Um, I already was talking to him. And um, uh -huh. I, I never realized how small they are. <laughs> their mean, name is pygmy. What do you I mean know. you didn't notice how small know, they were? Like, when you see... Then, or... Yeah, when you see it, you're like, this can't be a python. <laughs> what is going on here? I, I, I don't know. It's crazy for me. But uh, but they're a cool species. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about them a little bit. Um, are they, uh, you know, are they difficult to breed, those guys? Um, for years, I struggled a little bit on those. Right. I got some infertile eggs and, and such. Only a few babies, but um, yeah. Since since I dare to cool the cool them off a little bit more in the winter, um, I'm getting pretty successful with those. Okay. okay. Yeah. So are you taking them down like what, 70s, 60s? Um, let well, me check my scale. <laughs> I forget uh, you guys are Fahrenheit yeah. or Celsius, right? I would say approaching 50 but not a little bit higher than that okay. Wow. okay only at night but give them a little bit heat get them to the um, to the 70s in the daytime okay okay yeah and then you're just giving them access to uh to a hot spot right yeah okay. for the daytime for a couple of hours you turn that hot spot off at night yes okay yes make them suffer <laughs> they probably like it more right i mean, yeah. I mean it's uh okay. are they the only pythons that you drop down that low or do you take the other species down that low a uh, couple i do it with the wheat belts because they're far southern okay. uh, and with the womas okay all yep. right that's we'll get into that because good because i messed up with my womas this year yeah so that, um, <laughs> as long as you know how to this is you know you said uh, i wrote down circle back to womas and knowing what to do to be able to have success if you know what to do <laughs> then you're good but okay that tricky thing so. it, yeah all right I'm not, I'm not saying it's the answer and i'm always a bit stressed to um to walk in a cool room cold room like that with with those snakes in there, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I don't like it either. Uh, when I drop my bread lie down that low, I'm like, am I killing these? Like, yeah, it's... Yep. But nobody's died yet, so I'm just going to keep not, going. Not, <laughs> so. not something for the faint-hearted. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I just... I, I have a diamond python room, so that would be where these guys would go into here because it gets cooler in here. And the first... This, this past winter when I was breeding them, I really made sure that the room was cold. And... uh uh, yeah, it made me really nervous, you know, like opening up the window when it's like 50 oh, degrees no. outside, yeah. you know, like something like that. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I hope this yeah. goes well. Here we go. <laughs> you know. Okay. 
Well, at least you have a room with control over it and where you can rest assured for a little bit to keep them at steady temperatures. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was looking, and, and this, I would say that if you want to get a get an idea of how small pygmy python is when they hatch out, if you go over to your Facebook page, um, Morelia NL, um, you can see there's a picture of a pygmy python. No, and I put this in the show notes. It's okay. the first picture. You yeah. see it eating a pinky? You see yeah. how big that pinky looks? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's an olive python eating a wallaby. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, great. God. Yeah, one, one, of those, uh, one of those scrubbies with, uh, with a kangaroo in it. Right, just dragging it up yeah. the right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yep. Okay. So normal, normal time when you're not breeding these guys, do you do – you, do you turn the heat off at night and let them cool down at night, but just not as low? I mean, what's your what's your normal nighttime low for these guys? Uh, I give them a slight drop to the yeah to seventy five. I would say. Okay. Yeah. And max size of these guys, like what are we talking? An adult adult pygmy is. What would you say? Um, I think our biggest females around seventy centimeters. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that that's not too tiny. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. Compared to, uh, uh, let's see, that's like two feet, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's twenty twenty-seven little, inches. Yeah. yeah. A little bit over two feet. Yeah. That's but gotcha. like all right. So what is the main prey item for an animal that big? Like an adult pygmy eats what? Geckos. No. Yes. Not in not not in his collection. No. <laughs> like uh. Uh, no, um I would I would say two adult mice. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Okay. She she okay. can handle that. But uh So they do they follow suit the same way once you get them established that they're pretty pretty solid going forward? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. They uh well, once once they learn, they they know how to do it. There's no going back. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're good. Okay. Yep. <sighs> feist. Okay. They can feist, be feist death adders. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. Death adders. <laughs> no, they can be really tame, but but the, the initial food response can be sometimes terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> The smallest python is the most terrifying. Is it like Cebu <laughs> pythons? Because my Cebus would come flying out of their bins, bite the meal, and they wouldn't just like put two coils. They would wrap their entire body down the meal and then fall into the tub and just squeeze it until there's no life left in this thing and then eat it. I wow. mean, <laughs> they were they were insane. Like, is it anything kind of like that where you might have to dodge a baby python flying at you? Um. Yeah, I think that's a safe comparison. All right, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. So I noticed that your your particular one seemed to have that really rusty red, you know, uh, typical of what you would see in the outback type of color. Is that a specific line that you're working with, or have you selectively bred those, or just picked the best from wherever you got them from and? 
I just make pictures of the good ones. Oh. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> no. no just, just, you don't see the ugly ones. Oh, all right. No, no, don't show them. Genius. <laughs> um, no, no, just kidding. Um, so, some are better than others. It's just that simple. And it, it's in, in the same clutches that you can have more, yeah. I almost would say greenish ones. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some are just redder than others, and I feel that that, that they can uh, vary in color also individually um, uh, on 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 the time of the day. They they can change color a little bit, not to the extent of own bellies or or roughies or red lie, but. Yeah, the fire up. Yeah, yeah, they they do it a little bit. I feel maybe maybe it has something to do with the desert or I don't know. Huh. It lo- looks like they're a little bit lighter when hungry. Okay. Really? But, yeah. Interesting. Huh. Um, <clears throat> the the other what well, what's what size? Cl- well, this is another cool picture that I saw on your Facebook page. Is that you had like a a, a, a female? She looks like she's uh, wrapped around a clutch of eggs, and it's in the palm of your hand, which is <laughs> pretty badass. Um, what what size clutch are they? Uh, uh, Normally, I would say the average about ten. Ten. Okay. That's not yeah. a bad size clutch. I mean, that's awesome. But they're so tiny. And so I break like I would, I would break it just by holding it. Like I mean, I don't want to like I no. It I need I need a larger snake, so I know I'm not gonna break it. Is there anything Jesus. tricky about the eggs? Like getting the eggs? Uh... Um. No, I'm not. I don't think they're they're especially um, thrown to anything. Okay. They, okay. They, you have to have your humidity balance right because they, obviously, because they're so small, they uh, they have no buffer. They if you if you do something wrong, they they can dehydrate or or, um, yeah, just so, just. So so, what's your approach with them? Are you are you doing like a vermiculite or are you doing a, like a suspended above water type of deal or? Um, kind of like that last thing above water, but just with filled with perlite, just very wet perlite, and then okay, a, okay. Uh, a uh, what do you call it, a mesh, you know, that that's yeah, like the the the, the, the white grading, the light yeah. grading, yeah, I yeah, light grading, okay, that and yeah, so basically above water, but I don't like um. Um, when you pull a box out, there, there's splashing uh, around. <laughs> splashing around, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, just perlite on the dead. That uh, works fine for me. I'm curious, what's the time frame with the the? How long do they incubate? Fifty-three mm-hmm. days, something like that, or is it shorter? A little bit shorter, for the forty-five days, as okay. an average, I would say. Yeah. One of those surprise clutches. Oh, are those out yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Yep. Very cool. So I guess the, the, the trickiest thing with these guys is getting them established and, and getting them feeding. What has been some of your experiences and what has worked for you uh, to get them going? Mm. 
I mean, they're, they're not that reluctant to get feeding. They, they, they like to chew on things more than in some other uh, Enteresia. Um, they, they, they come across me as uh, very opportunistic. Um, it's just a matter of what do you put in them. Um, I like to feed them mouse tails. They like to take that, although there is not much food on that. And um, sometimes the biggest ones can have most most of a pinky mouse. That makes sense. Maybe cut the legs off to make it a little bit easier, you know. Right. And yeah, some some chew the some f- feed on on pinky mice the first try even. Really. But. Uh, yeah, others take a year to get going. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask, like, oh, what's God, there's the... no middle ground. It's just either <laughs> this way or, okay. <laughs> so what's, what's the time frame before you would, like, start to maybe assist feed them? Do you, I mean, do you even assist feed them? Um, to, um, yeah, the best thing is just to start right away. Right away? Okay. Yeah, just, just. Just uh, use that uh, yoke that's inside of them and uh, make them bigger as soon as you can. Okay. Gotcha. If that makes sense, that, that yeah. Yeah. work them towards uh, that they can take a pinky mouse. Okay. And I would imagine that the, the enclosure that you have to be using for I mean, you have to make sure that that sucker is sealed because <laughs> these little Tiny snakes. Tiny little snake, yeah. <laughs> I mean... That's I would imagine that's something you got to think about, you know. I mean, you're using racks for the babies, I would imagine, right? Like like bins. Yeah, my my racks are in such a way that the the lids um, are are I don't secure them, okay. but if you put them in between the the um, the shelves, right. they can't they cannot open anymore. Oh, so you okay. Can, that it's a good thing that you cannot forget to close a box. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine you, if you spend all this work getting them going and you leave yep. the bin. Then it gets out. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to find them. Okay. And then, you know, one thing that uh, I just thought this was a, an interesting little tidbit that you have a 14-year-old pygmy python. And wow. You, the old you know, girl. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's still producing and she, she's still... Yeah, I'm waiting on her. Actually, I, w- I was hoping to find some eggs with her tonight. Oh. Uh, is that one of the ones you were checking? I mean, uh, are, are there several females you're still waiting on, or is it just her at this point? Uh, uh, some some pygmy pythons, yeah, and uh, still a roughy that's uh, about to lay. Nice. Okay. Yep. Hopefully. Yeah, they do something. Yeah, it's like yeah. just do it. All right, cool. Okay. I mean, that's that's awesome to hear because a lot of times, you know, uh, you don't hear you know snakes living, you know, long People, time. I mean, some of these snakes can go forty, fifty years, and you know, it's, yeah, it's quite a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Quite a. Um, I'm, I can't. I'm not helping you. It's, it's a commitment. Just, it's yeah, a commitment it is. when you want to get a species like this that you're going to be. It's going to be around for. I mean, it's quite. It's not a tortoise. 
you know, <laughs> but uh, it's, I, I felt that. Thank you. Yes. So, um, it was, <laughs> but it's, was, it, you meant it. I know you did. Anyway, it was, that was your subtle dig. I, yeah. I, I felt it. Owen has recently acquired a pet tortoise. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, because that's the thing is most of the time when people think about buying a pet snake, they don't understand that the length of time is, is, it's what much longer than your average dog. And yeah. it almost is like there's a disconnect. They assume six, seven years. No, no, no. <laughs> like it's going to be here for a while. So. So I wanted to talk to you about the wheat belts. Uh, oh, yeah. Those are cool. Simpsons. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to, I'm looking at a, getting a pair from Justin Doolander, right? And uh -huh. I can't pick one out, but like, because. <laughs> I'm trying to just figure, do they, you know, like, do they work like carpet pythons where there's going to be some that are beautiful and some it's kind of like not so beautiful. <laughs> and we don't obviously you're only them. taking pictures of the pretty ones. So, like, maybe that's why I'm getting fooled, you know. <laughs> mm. But uh, have you um, I, I mean, are they pretty consistent um, with uh, with how they color up? Is there certain things that uh, you're looking for in the projects that you're that you're do you working with? Um, yeah, that they, they are just, they're just all stunners, you know, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I know that they do a lot of, uh, line breeding, uh, over there in Australia with those. And, uh, oh uh for, yeah. fortunately we have some, but yeah, such a small amount that, yeah, it, it, it's hard to, uh, to make conclude to, yeah, to conclude anything yet. Gotcha. But um, have yeah. you worked with the Easterns as well, or just the Westerns? I have um, uh, a pair of Far Easterns, uh, the New South Wales ones. Okay. Yeah, but no breeding on those, unfortunately. Gotta put them in the cold room, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should do that. Drop them <laughs> down with the, uh, with the with the pygmies and stuff. Yeah. Put them in the freezer with the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed a difference between the two, or are they just minor differences? Mm, yeah, they're miles apart. I mean, the the, the New South Wales ones uh, can be. Uh, if you're not looking at scales, they're just children's pythons. You know that they. Mm -hmm. they, ah. they they yeah. It, it's the total opposite of a uh, of a wheat belt uh, Simpsons. Yeah, uh, I think. I think for, from, at least for me, that has always been the pinnacle of uh, Stimson's pythons. You know, these wheat belt localities are amazing. You know, they got like this giraffe pattern and they're just beautiful. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very beautiful. I mean, and, and, and very, uh, very easygoing too when handled, I must say. At least my animals, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the ones that are, so I have Easterns that actually look like Westerns, but they're, okay. they're they were selectively bred. They're, they're real. I'll send yeah. you a pic when next time I take a picture of them. But um, the uh, I noticed they're the same thing, just kind of food, you know, food aggressive. They're a little bit different. Like with carpets, I'm just used to them doing the strike. But with those, they just like open their mouth and just like, <laughs> something's going to fall in it, I guess, you know, but uh, very cool. yeah, they're pretty uh, opportunistic yeah i think because they're all desert animals you know sure 
they need to um, they need they need to grab grab all them things when they come along. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot be picky. They need to eat nope. what's in front of them. Got it. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, then what to look for? I mean, it, it's just get get some get them when when they're a few months old and you can you can choose them on the pattern just choose whatever you like i mean i i don't know what to recommend to you oh yeah that's fine i just you know i don't know you know like sometimes um I don't know. I guess with carpets, I'm I'm a little more. Uh, we, we've had experience. You've, experience, we, so yeah. that like I can see a baby and say, "Oh, that one's going to be a stunner." You know. Yeah. Like what do you look for out of your clutch for a holdback? Hmm. Well, I must say, last year I bred uh, I bred them for the first time, and I kept them just all back. That was an easy one. <laughs> Um, we, we have some slang on the show that when you hold back an entire clutch, we call that burking the clutch. Uh, yeah, because Eric doesn't I, I sell do anything. Yeah, <laughs> Eric doesn't sell anything to anybody. So, yeah. yep. Yeah. Give away if you're lucky. That's all. But it's 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 such fun to uh, to see to raise them up and uh, yeah to see how they develop. Some are lighter than others, but yeah. So are you go- let me ask this question: Are you going for a, pers- a specific look for line breeding, or are you just breeding the localities together and you get awesome babies? Variety is the spice of life, or like what's what's your project centered around? Um, I like the look of my male. Okay. Uh, and I like to uh, continue that um, that appearance. Um, but yeah, it's it's just too easy to or just too early to to tell anything but right the, mm. he's a little bit lighter but yeah okay all right cool and then you know uh shifting gears a bit now this is one that eluded me on my first trip to australia was the piggy banded pythons because um mount carbine was on fire <laughs> so we, we couldn't oh. go there um, yeah. Which was kind of a bummer because I would have liked to have seen them. But uh, what's your experience with them like? Yeah, another small python. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Some people sting, still think it's a it's a banded morph of a pretensis. Okay. okay. It isn't obviously because they come from Queensland and not from the Pilbara. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, they they. There, there's another one with um, a python, all, all python stuff in, all, in such a tiny package. They just, they get a little bit bigger than the, than the pretenses, but not that much bigger. Okay. They're, yeah. And you've, you've bred them, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've bred them two times, I think. Okay. Actually, the incubator now. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Uh Clutch wide, what is it? Same size, 10, 12, something around that size? No, no lower. Usually under 10. Under 10, okay. I think I have to look it up, but I think there's six or eight eggs now in the clutch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are they, where do they fall? Are they pretty similar to the, the other Antaresia that you're breeding as far as uh, difficulty? Pretty straightforward? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just. 
yeah, like, like you would guess with um, with the other species from their range, the the maculosa, just yeah. keep them breed them the same way, at least in my experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're very cool. Very, very, very cool pythons. Oh yeah, they're unique and in, um, in in the in the way they uh, in the way they move and they can, yeah, um, more a little bit more eel-like, if that makes sense when you handle them. Okay. okay. Um, and yeah, they're just they're just different. Um, they're a little bit more shy than uh, than the than the bigger uh, um, maculosa, the, the spotted. Okay. Okay. They like to hide on the things. I think there was an observation in the wild that they were that they were found on the bark, on the on the trees that they hide on under the bar loose pieces oh. of bark on the trees. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Weird. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, that is cool. I have do you, like that. Have you seen them on your trips in uh, Australia? Have you found that? I know, I've never been to uh, Queensland. Okay. No. Oh, okay. Okay. No. Well, you gotta go, man. What is <laughs> You're missing out. Apparently, I've never been either, so I can't. Yeah. <sighs> well, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's um. Uh, Let's hit on some Womas. And uh, how do we? Is it the Tanami Desert Woma Python? Am I saying that one right? I don't know. I just call them Tanami. Um, Tanami works for me. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's correct, but no one's here to stop us, so we'll just do that. Uh-huh. Um, so this is this is a Woma species you've been working for with for a decade. Yeah, I got I got them in like a decade ago and I had the same issues as with the pygmies getting infertile eggs and everything okay. and yeah then when I got them to a decent winter suddenly the the eggs became white and <laughs> guess what babies hatched okay that was last year okay yeah so what so you said that you put them down for a decent winter so you dropped them further than you had before yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, about what temp did you drop them for, and how long? Um, a good two months with uh, nights towards uh, um, fifty-five. I would say. Wow. Yeah, sixty to fifty-five. But again, warm them up in the daytime. Right. Just long to uh, to seventy-five to eighty degrees. Okay. I'm thinking that's one of those things where a lot of pythons can take, I think pythons can take lower temperatures than we give them credit for, just so long as they have the warm up the next day. It's if you drop them down and keep them down there is when you're going to start having problems. Yes. Okay. If that too, yeah. I believe that's healthy for them also. Keeps them stronger and. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said for. now, do you, with your baby snakes, the ones that you're not breeding, do you put them through win- the same winter cycle as the parents, or do you hold off until they're of breeding age? Mm, not their first year, but maybe uh, winter, but maybe the second winter. I prepare them a little bit. 
Okay. Just kind of yeah. to, to get them ready for it and see if they can handle it and stuff like that. Um, in, in the wild, they can. I, I can imagine. I don't know. I can imagine they can look up those really tiny crevices, which gives them a little bit more insulation against the cold. Right. Um, Something to hide. It's like little microclimates in those little cracks and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just have to say, what yep. an underrated species of python momas are. I mean, they're psychotic. Like, I mean, at I least mine are. <laughs> I love them. Oh, they're so cool. Such a cool mm -hmm. python. Yeah, they're beautiful and so easygoing. Yeah. Like, yeah. No one's yours are psycho? My, well, my females are crazy. But uh, my male's really nice, and they are gorgeous. Like, a really good Woma, that's that's the thing about Womas. They can be so variable where you have ones that look kind of plain and drab, and then you have ones where the cream and the bold coloring, I mean, they can... They can be a very, very impressive animal. Um, Keith come to mind. Um, the the uh, Wooters one that you sent in the picture. That one's an awesome one. Uh, I know. Eric, I know Eric Kohler has a ton of really good ones from different lines. So there's there's some people out there working like trying to finesse to make them even better and better. Um, and then I'm over here trying to throw Jello at the wall and just trying to get baby Wilmas. So yeah. Are they popular uh -huh. over in Europe? Um, yeah, there, there, there's a, there's there's a great interest in them, interest in them still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially um, especially from certain lines like uh, very contrasting animals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Now, Owen, you got eggs this year or no? I got nothing. <laughs> uh, I got eggs last year, and they looked good. I candled them a few days after they were hatched. They didn't have veins, but they had a reddish tint to them. And I've had carpet eggs that, you know, you candle them, and they're red. And then you check back in a month, like a couple weeks later, and the veins are there, and the eggs are developing. Um, by the time I double-checked them, I already lost, like, three or four. They just shriveled up and went kablooey and then uh shortly thereafter like the rest of the clutch just started dropping off like Ooh. i think it was about a month and a half in and i had no more eggs left i'm sorry i was a, yeah about a month in and all the eggs were gone so Ouch. Ouch. yeah oh yeah it's a nice little punch um but uh <laughs> uh i mean Wooter, like what do you why do you think that it can this apparently is something that happens with womas more often than not is that either the eggs crash or infertility happens i mean is do you, any rhyme or reason that you can think of of why they're such a hard species to breed for some people i don't really know i mean i know with with mine temperature the winter temperature did the thing in my opinion but i'm not okay. saying that's the answer right um yeah yes no. yeah because i mean i have friends who are like i I put my male Woma in the female's cage for cleaning, and oh my god, there are so many eggs, and they all hatch perfectly. And I'm like trying, and I'm like, really? So yeah, it's. I think either it's uh, there's no middle ground. Either they breed like crazy, and you get all good eggs, or you or you struggle. So now, I'm curious when you were breeding them, and you know, took you a long, you know, you were working with them for a decade to, to when you finally got them to go. Did you? 
was it you just decided that what made you switch to the 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 drop the the dropping them colder what made you well you just got to try things um oh, okay so it was just like you were just uh, uh let me give this a shot see what happens and then boom it worked i um I got I got a clutch of uh, mostly slugs and I think one or two good-looking eggs, but okay. still to make it full term, right. and that that gave my suspicion that uh, yeah that, that maybe the fertility of the of the male was the issue and a nice drop would uh, um, probably solve that and that was my guess and maybe that was a good guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed right. It worked. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep so, doing that. <laughs> still does happen. <laughs> right. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So, ahead, um, I, I, you're all good. Um, every time I, it just keeps closing me out, and I have to reload and get back to where I am. Um, so, how did you incubate the wom eggs? Did you do anything different than you did for any other python species? No, not really. Just um, just on the grid and uh, and web perlite under it. Temperature-wise, nothing special, I would say. Okay. 31 degrees in Celsius, which comes to... Um, seven. Yeah. That's usually what I would say. I'm just yep. saying that because that's what we put ours at. So it's probably, you know, the one that everybody goes to for Python incubation temperatures, so... What did you okay. see? What did you say? Eighty-eight. Eighty-seven. It's it's eighty-seven point yeah. seven. Is yeah. What my incubator set at. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, I'll just keep trying. <laughs> so it just keep <laughs> plugging along. Um, yeah, I don't know why they're so difficult to. It seems like those and blackheads, the eggs. Well, partic- I, particularly the walnuts are are a little bit trickier. Somebody doesn't believe in my in the mail that I have and has demanded that I procure another one. So we're swapping out boys, and then maybe we'll get some luck. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as blackheads, because uh, I know you have some several of those as well. Um, what are you working with with the blackheads? Because it looks like you have a bunch of different types here and even morph projects. Yeah, I've got a, I got a couple of um, Northern Territory blackheads. Okay. Yeah, I like those. Um, they 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 still get um, they they keep very contrasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, for the morphs, I uh, I have uh, one uh, albino. Okay. And. I added recently a, um, a hypermelanistic girl to that group. Jesus. Wow. Yep. The albino's freaky looking. <laughs> like, that's just, I, that's just so cool. Um, now, didn't Paul just get, he got a clutch of them last year, right? Albino, blackheads? I thought he, I thought he bought a, he had a bunch of blackheads a while ago. I'm not sure if he is, I don't know what he had this year. Yeah. No, not this year. I think it was next year. year. I don't know. I think it's two years ago that he hatched uh, albino. Yeah. Okay. Time is meaningless nowadays. We don't know what day it is. <laughs> it's they're all blending together. So yeah, I got it. Um, but no, that's so cool though. Um, 
I have to ask, did you stumble upon these in the wild when you were? Yeah. Uh, nope. Unfortunately, no. Nope. Yeah. This is yep. one we found, and I would agree. They're very contrast. Uh, one. I, that's a problem. I never wanted a blackhead, and then we find one, and now I keep finding myself wanting blackheads. And <laughs> it's, not, it's not good, dude. Like, I already have enough large snakes here that will take a shot at me if I want to. You know, it. You, know, you talk about feeding the Kribo and the, the, the Chinese king rats. They're pretty much a blackhead in a colubrid form. So, um, but... They're such a cool animal. So you've had success breeding them where, again, a lot of people have had difficulty. Um, is there any kind of, like, what, what do you go through for breeding these guys? I was just lucky with the Northern Territory ones. Okay. And uh, for the moors, I'm not very lucky so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does the hypo gene work? Is that is that a... Incomplete dominant or is it recessive? As far as I understood, it's a recessive thing, but okay, I'm not completely sure. Okay, and uh, we've we've heard horror stories of getting babies established. Yeah. I mean, do you do you kind of take it in the school of force feeding them immediately out of the egg, or do you attempt to try to get them to eat and stuff like that first? Well, they're big enough to leave it for. A little bit of time. Okay. And, uh, I gave them, I gave them several things, including red tails, and that that's an easy thing to uh, um, to force feed them with. Okay. Red tails, and normally it's just, yeah. They're they're weird things sometimes, like hmm. that. I mean, you can put anything in their mouth and they just throw it out immediately and once yeah one minute to the other they they you know they figure it out and they start feeling like there's no tomorrow <laughs> i mean just, and they, like a switch yeah god damn Aussie pythons man god damn it <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've also heard that one of the main problems with baby blackheads here is they get the big bellies fresh out of the egg, and they're just kind of they're, they're, they're just they have a lot of either yolk retention or something else going on in there. Um, is that something that also happens with the blackheads over in Europe? What, what do you mean exactly? They, the, they, uh, what yeah, is it, the, they're full of yolk and yeah, the big belly thing or whatever yeah. that is, yeah. Is there an issue with that, or what is that? The Eric is it like a heart no, belly? It's not an or... issue. No, 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 no. Right. No, I was just curious if if I know. Like one time we were talking to Derek Roddy, and he was just talking about how he observed that, you know, as compared to like other pythons, they're coming out with these like fat, fat bellies, and yeah, you know, I just was. Curious Have you if seen that's that? Something yeah. that you observed as well. Yeah, a few of my babies had that, but yeah, no problems. Okay. I think it's just good that they will. In my my thought would be that they're going to, you know, it's longer do you have to get them to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> they might be preparing for not seeing any food for God knows how long. So, yeah, all right. I, I have to ask before you switch gears, like um, the picture over on your Facebook page, and it's, it's basically a blackhead with dot, black dots going down its entire body. Like, is that just something that popped out or is 
That's something you're line breeding? Oh, no, that's just one of the the Northern Territory ones. Okay. Thing, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool, man. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, some have that, and the father of this one had that too. So, yeah. so did, it, did it hatch out like that, or did it develop over time? Um, it became a little bit more significant in time, if that makes sense. I got you. Okay. Yeah, these, these patterns develop, and she was a pretty red baby, when, if I remember well. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Awesome. So um, for breeding of these guys, is it pretty much the same as the Womas? You'll drop them down as well, or do you not drop them down as far? I, um, they're pretty close to the window. They get quite cold temperatures at night, yeah. But, and, uh, yeah. Hmm. I, I didn't breed too many blackheads, so I don't think I'm in the position to uh, <laughs> make any conclusions. You better okay. ask uh, Derek or Paul or... <laughs> Right. I think yeah, I think we actually have Derek coming on in a couple of weeks. So, uh, but uh-huh. yeah, um, it's it, it eggs pretty much set them up the exact same way you set up everything else. Uh, nothing changes too much with them. No, I, I didn't. I didn't even find them to be really sensitive, like a lot of people say. But yeah, treated them like I normally would with no with other species. Yeah. Oh. That's really cool. And, um, damn it, I, I don't want these. <laughs> no, I don't want blackheads, but uh, but I also do. Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, God. You put them right outside by your bar. Man. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> it's, I already have too many animals. Um, they are very, very cool, though. Oh, that's nuts. Oh, yeah. So, they're they're yeah. so inquisitive and... Yeah, I really like black ads. Yeah, they seem to be. I know we've said this a lot on the show over the years, but uh, more monitor-like than snake-like. They are thinking. I'll give them that much. Um, I don't even think so. It's, I don't know if that's even it. I don't know. Do you do you do you find them the same type of way? More monitor type than uh, Python. <laughs> I never thought of them in that manner. Okay. I don't think we can give that them that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah make... I would agree. I don't think they're sm- as smart as <laughs> monitors, but they're uh, maybe closer than. Uh, but maybe. Crabs. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they are reptile feeders, and if you look at king cobras, for example, there's so something going on in their minds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Jesus. Do you do any kind of um, diet with the? I'm curious with the Womans and the. Um, uh, are you doing like a smaller meals more often, or do you not even worry about that as far as? Uh... Mm, so, yeah, my Womans are too small to give give them adult rats, but I like to uh, avoid adult rats in general. Okay. Which is not too fat animals, not. To old animals, just sub-adult rats, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Right, Smalls they're mediums. prone to, like, you know, getting that, uh, what would you call it? Like, they get the, 
with fatty deposits and all because yeah. they're mostly reptile eaters. And, you know. Yeah, I, I never experienced that myself, but yeah, I like to avoid that. Right. Because so you got those Northern Territory ones, man. They're yeah. tough. Like, <laughs> well, they have to be. That's a tough spot to live, man. Holy shit. Yep. Yeah. You find your blackhead in uh, Kakadu, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. It was pretty. Yeah. It's. It, I, I don't know. I've seen. I've seen some blackheads at reptile shows in the U.S. that are just. They have more in common with a Burmese python as far as size, than, um, uh, than like womas. And that that it's. It just seems like for a while there, people were getting blackheads huge, and. Like we've established, they're reptile feeders. You know, they they don't really need to be massive. So, I want to say we'd probably have better success and maybe get away from some of the issues that we might be having with breeding if we didn't get them huge and fat and whatever. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, so the one we saw wasn't big at all. No, and that was probably like what an eight-year-old, maybe even more. Like, yeah, I mean, was... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was an adult animal. It'd been there for a while. So, yeah, yeah, but you could be right on that. Just keep them lean, keep them slender. Yeah, go to the show, buy everybody's ball pythons, and then just keep them an all reptile diet. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> they're good for something, right? Let's get. Oh. I found it. Ooh, shit. <laughs> I try to stay positive on here. I'm sorry. I'm what happened there? You, I'm sorry. I'm you, sorry. you ventured across into my territory. What the hell, dude? If I did a trick. If I had to pick between a blackhead and a ball python, well, guess who's winning? Depends. Is it the is it the nanny morph ball python? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Speaking of olive pythons, though, because Eric needs one, um, you do you you already said that you um, you said your your olive pythons were in their twenties, or uh, yeah, you, close to that. Close to Jesus. Yeah. And that's you, awesome, man. That is awesome. And did you have, you've had success breeding that pair throughout the years, correct? Yes. Yes. This, this is my old pair and, uh, I kept a few back, but, uh, sold them off in the end. So I uh, stick with the, <clears throat> with, uh, with, yeah, with the old, with the old guys. pair. Okay. Yeah. And it, there are, so many tricks, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see it, to breeding olive pythons. Some people say you need to have multiple males. Some people are saying you got to drop them down low. Some people say you got to keep them up warm. What, do you have anything that you can weigh in on what made you successful with the olive pythons? Um, well, obviously not multiple males. <laughs> that wasn't my trick. But that one's out. So <laughs> I guess... I guess that can be uh, useful to to get your males going. Yeah. But um, males are really protective, almost protective of their of their girl. Yeah. At least in my case, he, he is he is behaving differently in the mating season when I uh, when I approach the cage. Mm-hmm. It's um, so maybe that 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 is one thing, but. It need, didn't need to uh, work for me. I uh, I was lucky with my mail, and yeah, just keep them keep them busy and keep them keep them slender. 
I mean, yeah, you don't want them to be fat and lazy. They're not going to breed for you, I guess. That's that's I think definitely one of the things where, you know, it, it it's it's very easy for them to get overweight, especially depending on what you're feeding them. Um, and a, a fat male will just sit there and do nothing, and that's just that's it. You're done. Yeah. Um, but how how low do you drop them during your winter? Um, I think to uh, at night about sixty five to maybe to sixty some nights. Okay. Yeah, something like that. And again, a hot spot in the daytime towards halfway the eighties. Okay. Are they uh, typically at the beginning of the uh, season, or they go uh, mid-winter? Okay, mid-winter breeders, I would say, also from January on. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, they might take their time before uh, before the before it turns out to be successful. Most times they lay in uh, in April, maybe early. Maybe early May, but it's a little bit late. Okay. Yeah. And is your when was the last time that your older pair actually produced? Last. Like, last year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And still got producing. My, nice. Got my sweet girlfriend's to uh, uh, two pairs of that clutch. So uh, we can witness them uh, raising up, and okay. uh, maybe uh, that will be the new generation of olive pythons. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I notice a lot of your snakes bask belly up. None of my pythons do that. None of them. Really? You've never really? caught your girls basking? Never. Never. Mm. Well, dude, that's wonder... like. That's like the first, like, oh, she's twisted around like a pretzel. Get the mail out of there. Like, I know that's you've, it. Yours do it, Owen. Yeah. Mine's don't. I don't know. Maybe they're, I guess my pythons are broke. I don't know. Yeah, they're pretty, they're all, they're all broken. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I was always curious of why they do that and why you see that in captivity. Well, you know? and I know there was some thought that, I don't know, the circulation of their blood and whatnot being, you know, Making sure the eggs get, get the direct sunlight. Back. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I think weird. it's just, just comfortable position to, to release the pressure from the belly. <laughs> Move them around. Yeah. It's, Man, look at you um, dropping common sense on us. Holy smokes. It makes sense. It, <laughs> I mean, that's It's just... weird because this year my female olive didn't bask belly up, but she went underneath her hide bin and then kind of like spun around until all the mulch was away and she was resting on the floor of the cage which was uh there was the heat panel of the cage underneath her right on it so she was like dug in there where it was really really warm and she wasn't basking belly up but that's where she wanted to be and then when the eggs came she laid them in the box like that was she only dug this giant pit for when she was gravid she ended up laying the eggs in the hide box so i uh -huh. I don't know, because I thought she was like, I'm like, all right, she's going to lay them there. That's where she wants it. But nope. So. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Super underrated species. Of they are. Cool. 
But they're like uh, I said, they're easy to get fat because they're always they'll always eat something, and no matter what it is, bird, guinea pig, rat, fish, they'll take it. And I must say, I, I feed them very irregularly. Okay. I mean, just maybe two rats a week, and then a couple of weeks nothing, and you know. Yeah. They're, they're a good species to ignore. <laughs> it's like every once in a while, just walk by their cage. It's fine. You know so. what I find fascinating about them is even though you may do that, because I kind of feed the same way, it seems mm. like they're always growing. Yeah. Mm. Like, like my, my ruffies no are No matter what they crazy. eat, they grow. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, you didn't eat. How are you bigger? Why are you shedding again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but I don't know. They're awesome. I, it, it's something about liasis. I've been doomed forever, so. So, honestly, well, oh, go ahead. But don't having that uh, belly up thing with your olives and blackheads it can be a good thing for your heart rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wait, does your woma does your woma sleep weird and stupid too? Because. Mine will lay on its side when it's sleeping, and then I come walking in. I'm like, oh, God, it's dead. And then I go to poke it, and it bites me or jumps up. And Yeah, no, it's... No, not, not in the Womas in my case, but I, I saw some blackheads upside down, and I mean completely upside down. Oh, God. Man. Including the head. Oh, God. Yeah. And, then, and they're just sleeping or laying yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean... That's Man, horrible. That must have been a panic. <laughs> Small heart attack. <laughs> yeah, you know it happens, but yeah. yeah. Oh man. You know the problem is you you know it happens, but you don't remember that it happens in that moment because in that moment your knee jerk reaction is oh god what happened yeah right. okay. Uh, well, I I I think since we're Morelia Python Radio, it would um, it would be uh, silly of us not to talk about the fact that you're producing the first super caramel, uh, and since Owen is, you know, such a fan of that, uh, he is. I have a lot of caramels. Whatever, maybe, <laughs> is that something? Uh, I know they they originated in in France, um, and then I get. Did you get your pair from 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 there? Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I was lucky that uh, uh, Paul Harris bought a few from France from the original breeder. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, he got, gave me the uh, kind opportunity to uh, to um, to join in on the project, and uh, yeah, got me a, a pair, I believe, back then. It was a couple of years back. I think it was an O3 or something like that. Okay. Wow. And. Um, yeah, a couple of years later, I think it, that was in 07, I bred them to each other and, yeah, got a very light baby in that clutch. I figured that was a super, well, technically unproven at the time to be a right. super. Yeah. Never bred it to a normal, but, uh, yeah, it turned out to be right. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I, have to, I have to say Paul was... Paul was uh, having that same debut in the in that year too. I was just a little bit quicker, but um, yeah, <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were both there in uh, in 2007 on the on the super uh, caramel. Yeah, yeah, very cool. That must have been a cool uh, thing. I mean, back then there was really nothing uh, going on with uh, 
not like today, all the different jeans and stuff with carpets, but to see that, you know, no black on it. Whoa. Yeah. That would be uh, very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. It's a, it, it's a cool jean. I, uh, I really like them. Um, it, it, it's not ex, as extreme as, uh, as the true hypos that are out, out there now. Right. But um, it always was a good, well, I'll call it an ingredient mm-hmm. to make um, to make some other Morse pop or it, yeah. Yeah. It always did something good to the other Morse, I think. Yeah. 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 It steps them up. I mean, a caramel jag or, you know, a caramel tiger stand on a little bit higher than everything else. I mean, yeah. For sure. And then you have, you know... <laughs> I have too many through, supers. Through your um, through your Facebook page, you have this Darwin that's got to be one of the coolest Darwins I've ever seen with that reduced pattern. Or what's the story with that one? That just mm. popped out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <Wow. laughs> just popped up in the European line of Darwins. Yeah. Very very cool. Yeah. It is a pure one, but. Um, it almost yeah. looked like it's not, you know, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I would never. If I didn't know better, I would never swallow that story. <laughs> yeah. So if it wasn't you that. Uh, if it wasn't you that did it, if you, yeah, no. If you didn't know for a fact, yeah. Yeah. That's oh, what God. Saying. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And you've worked with um, diamonds and inlands and bread lie and all those. Have you have you bred all those? Um, I think I got eggs from the diamonds once, but I didn't hatch those. Okay. Back in the day, that was over a decade ago. Uh, with the inlands, I bred them. I bred them a couple of times. That, that's a really cool species to work with, or subspecies. I like damn it. Yeah. I, damn it, oh, I don't yeah. have any. <laughs> now, what uh, did you have on your page with the, I, I'm assuming, I guess that was, what, did you have a pair of them, or did you work with a bigger group? I had a bigger group. I don't keep them anymore. I still have a pair of a friend of mine, but uh, not at home anymore. Okay. Man, that red that was on uh, that one. That oh, one, yeah. Oh, yeah. That head stamp. Yeah. Some some are really outstanding. Um, Yeah, and those reds can be a good thing, or the silvery ones can be the bluish hints on them. Yeah. Yeah, so hard to photograph and and really uh, dial that color in, but when you see them in person, like... So underrated, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even in sunlight, it's it's very hard to to catch those real colors. Yeah. yeah. Were they uh, difficult to breed at all, or just straightforward, just normal python stuff? Mm-hmm. Not too difficult, no. Yeah. No, sometimes inferno eggs, but uh, or, or um, they look good, but uh, hard, hard to um, a little harder to uh, to hatch to hatch them. Okay. To get them full term, but uh, yeah, all in all, just a uh, yeah, very cool carpet to keep and breed. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And then uh, I was curious. The other thing that I saw when I was uh, checking out your thing is you had an infrared um, pick 
with your bread lie clutch. What's, what's the story behind that? Well, that was just a lucky, I, I, it happened to, uh, I happened to have that infrared uh, gun from work that day at home uh-huh. on a, on a, for a certain reason, I don't exactly remember, but um, that was exactly the day when I had the, the clutch of the bread lie, so I just thought it was a fun thing to do to, um, to make a picture on that, but... Yeah, seeing the temperature of um, of uh, close to 100 degrees on her nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not too sure how accurate that is. <laughs> Holy shit. It's yeah. like 37.3 Celsius or 99 Fahrenheit. It's like, wow, that's crazy. Mm. And that's her on a clutch of eggs? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Well, you know, in Nick's book, Nick and Justin's book, they kind of talked about, uh, you know, the swings of, uh, you know, when they did all that data for the uh, maternal incubation, that, you know, that it's not like the steady temp that they go up and down. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Hmm. Yeah, and your bread lie is very nice, too. But um, Thank you. I guess as we're, we're ending, uh, so, Owen, you'll do the closing questions, but I yep. guess the last thing we're going to just chat about is, you know, uh, being a fellow Owen Pelly brother, um, <laughs> not many people can say that, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm just curious, like, what was it like? I mean, you know, I know what it was like. Owen knows what it was like, but what was your experience like when you when you found that snake? Yeah, that that, that that's something. I mean, that that that's something you're never gonna forget. Uh, it, it's I I. Uh, oh. I was coming. I remember I was coming out of a relationship in the, in the 2014, and um, I needed to do something, you know. Um, and I thought that it's a bit silly that I never went to Australia, so it, it, I uh, I thought well, let let's go to that um, to that island and see some pythons and where are you gonna go. To, uh, to the top end, where is the, well, what I believe it was the highest density of python species to uh, to find in the wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the there was only one species I never got the chance to, um, to see in the flesh. So uh, I was kind of aiming on that, how silly that may be. <laughs> yeah, I already knew it was a needle in a haystack, so you try to aim for a thing like that, but in the back of your mind, you know it's 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 never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, was it like um, uh, you know, did did you guys stumble upon it? Was it you know, did you were you, were you looking up? Or, you know, how, what was your did you just like accidentally like? Oh my God! Did you did you kind of second guess it when you first saw it? I know we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be out with uh, Kevin Bedford, the uh, okay. the guys you uh, visited also, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's doing excellent 
very very good work on the species and and yeah. I was lucky enough to have him around uh, to go out in the outback to uh, to look for them and um, I was just I was just so um, so I felt so fortunate that I only could experience the the the, the whole habitat the whole feeling where these creatures live you know sure. yeah. Um, just that experience was worth it by itself. Right. Um, yeah, we uh, we went on for for one night in uh, in October, and um, I remember him because you need to bring a local, otherwise you will find nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're extremely lucky. But, uh, nope. Yes, we were extremely. Dude, it took Gavin <laughs> yep. five minutes to find a Darwin, and we've been we were wandering around there for hours. So yeah, it, yeah. you bring a local, it's much easier. Yeah. So yeah, we only got that on the last night, but yeah. <laughs> He's so skilled. He pointed out some things that I would never have seen, including some um, some uh, escarpment childrens, which I thought was oh, yeah, dude, that's yeah. awesome. So the small Navaron, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yep, the one you uh, get a heart attack and uh, and you realize I think it's a baby Owen Pelly. Yep. <laughs> We did that. Yep, that happened. <laughs> we, that happened to us. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. It's like Uh-oh. how how close can you put your face to a wild snake? Like you're getting that you're getting right in there, being like, no, I don't think it is, but you're right in there. So yeah, it's it fakes you out. Well, luckily, not one of the two species is venomous. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at least not that. Yeah. Not leaning into a death adder, going, I don't know. Like yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, that that was a that was a total treat to to find those, of course, because I've never seen those as well. Wow. And now um, I, I was just we 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 split up to increase our chances, uh-huh. and uh, suddenly I hear I heard him uh, calling from uh, I don't know 500 yards away. And uh, when I was walking to him, he he said, "No, no, uh, don't um, don't put that flashlight uh, towards me. Just uh, keep it dark, cause there's an olive python uh, a little a little bit above me, <laughs> in a crevice, with his uh, head only sticking out of the of the rocks. Uh, so we didn't want to spook it, and um, we just sat down underneath it, out of sight." And uh, we uh, we decided to rise up together and just see what we uh, if we could uh, catch it or whatever. So we rose up together and um, yeah, I said uh, I remember saying uh, I don't think that's an olive python. <laughs> it's another <Yeah>. <laughs> and, 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 the next, the next thing I saw was uh, was a um, was an Australian man having the agility of a, uh, of a <laughs> kangaroo jumping up that rock and uh, uh, <laughs> catching our treasure. Yeah, yeah. very cool. <laughs> Gavin went up the rock. Wow. <laughs> yep. That's wow. Awesome. Now, did you find it at the beginning of your trip or the end of your trip? 
Um, I think it was a weekend. Yeah. Okay. We, we were three weeks there. I was there with my uh, with my mother. She oh, okay. wanted to join uh, my trip to Australia, so uh, I was a little bit limited on uh, my. Uh, all my uh, liberty to go out and uh, herb at night and everything. <laughs> right. But she felt confident when I went with an experienced guy like Gavin. Okay. Very cool. So, um, yeah. That's great. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. It, it's undescribable. And such, such a... Uh, I felt sorry for you guys that you couldn't... Um, we didn't bring Gavin with us. He would have climbed the tree. See, yeah. now I'm uh, happy. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah. He would have kangarooed right up that yeah, tree. Yeah, right? that's, that's where we made the mistake. Yeah. Uh, damn good. it. Yeah. Uh, damn it. Yeah. Well, he didn't kangaroo up after the Darwin. What the heck? That's a Darwin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If he wanted the Darwin, he could have shook the tree and the Darwin would have fallen out of it. We could have grabbed it. But no, I mean, he would have kangarooed up for that Owen Pelly. Damn it. What, what would you, what would you th- say the size was? What would you, what would you, what do you think? Uh, Big snake? Somewhere um, in between three and three and a half meters. Yeah, I would say that's about the size. We, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. So. Yeah. We believe it was a girl. How the hell do you? How the hell do you see a snake poking its head out of a rock crevice? He's Gavin. In dark. I mean, dear God. <laughs> What's that, man? How does Gavin see a snake poking its head out of a rock crevice at night and go, "Hold on, let's just wait here"? Like, I mean, like, how do you notice that? I would probably walk right past it. Right. It's eagle eyes. I mean, yeah, Jesus. And that, and I can't blame him for for having uh, guessing it was an olive python. I mean, you you probably oh, yeah. used, like six hundred <laughs> olive pythons and one umpelly python. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 pretty much it's a good guess to say it's an olive python. You know, you're yeah. you're probably right ninety nine percent of the time. Right. So yeah. yeah. Very cool, man. Yeah, I couldn't uh, believe I couldn't believe my luck, really, because he, he he told me at one point that he he saw only one in his life, in his lifetime, right? And that was ten years before that. Wow! <laughs> I mean, Holy huh. shit. Jesus, that's that's insane. That's great. I love it, man. It's, it seems to be uh, maybe they're Damn not it. as difficult as uh, you know as people thought they were to find. I think you know. Um, Shut up, Eric. It's difficult as hell, and we're all really cool because we did it. All right, God. No, no, no. Damn it. I, I guess like everybody <laughs> thinks that there's, you know, I think it's just you have to sort of put the time into it and try to, you know. Yeah, this, yeah, this sacrifice. Sometimes you just have to be out. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> They're just one of those species that are very, very good at hiding from us invasive monkeys over there. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because um, it's it's unbelievably hot, and they want right. to hide in those caves because and, it's yeah. just hot. You know? and, we're, and we're really good at letting them know when we're coming because we probably make a crap ton of noise walking through the woods. So, yeah. it's yeah. yeah. <sighs> That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. I'm happy for you, for you guys that you find one. Yep. 
Yep. Next time we bring next time we bring Gavin so we can treat ki- treat, treat kangaroo. Of, yep. uh, you know, go get we it. Got to find an olive python, man. We yeah, no, we missed that one of all. Now we have to go back. <laughs> oh damn it, we have to go back. It's right. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right. All right. Owen, hit on. Uh, close it out. Questions and. All uh, right. Yeah. All right, Wooter. Uh, we uh, we're gonna just quick close out um, with the normal questions we ask everybody. Um, first one would be uh, if you could work with any species in the world without worrying about the price or legality, what would it be and why? Well, I'm afraid that will be a no belly. <laughs> <laughs> just yes, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, dude. Preferably I'm, uh, two, at least. From exactly. The- <laughs> it, we, it, it, you don't just get one. We said work with, so we assume there'd be a project yeah. involved. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I want one. I yeah. mean, dude. <sighs> yeah. yeah I, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm, look, I'm going back I'm, to back to the Darwin Botanical Gardens and the one that I actually got the touch. This you know. Is, this is this is what I'm going to say. We thought yeah. that Ruffies would never come here. True. True. You guys are both breeding them, so one more successful. Let's just bit. hold out the hope. Twenty twenty <laughs> sucks, man. Twenty twenty is no good. We should just reset. I'm just holding on the hope that at some point in my lifetime, Owen Pelly's will make it to outside of Australia. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe the Australian economy will take a hit enough that they'll be like, we have to export. So, yeah, yeah. I know the three of oh. us would be lining up with credit cards. Oh right? dear God, yeah. <laughs> Look, look at Ruffies. I mean, it, that was one of the greatest success stories yeah. ever. I mean, yeah. Yeah. One day. That, that species is totally established in captivity in a legal way. Yeah. 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 One day. I mean, they're on the list for zoos here. And, yeah. you know, if the reptile gardens in Arkansas would just open, <laughs> we'd just be like, guys. Get your accreditation and then just go get them. I'm like, please. Right. Uh, or um, was it uh, Terry's thing? So. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Gardens. Yeah. What is the one that's opening up in Arkansas? I forget the name. Uh, oh, God. No. <laughs> Never mind. All right. I'm good. Um, so. I guess um, the next question is, if you could go herping anywhere else in the world, um, where would you go and what would you be hoping to find? Mm. Yeah, I, I still like to uh, see more of Australia. Okay. Of yeah. See Western Australia. And um, I think right on top of that list is uh, find a rough scale python in the wild. Yes. Yes. Yes, a hundred. Yes, that's <laughs> the 21, 2021 trip. Yes, er, and you, Eric's not allowed to go without me. He like that. No, it, that's I will end the show immediately. <laughs> so, it, Kimberly, finding enough, enough. No, no, it, he, he'd go to Kimberly. He'd find like four of them, and I'd get pictures, and then I'd quit. So, yeah, no, I have to go. Yeah. <sighs> or during the trip, uh, just. Yeah, I would I would almost say just a pygmy python, but a pygmy python would be fantastic. 
I just want to go back. I just want to find. Yeah. I, I just want to go back and find shit again. I want to like you know. We were excited to see a gecko. <laughs> like it was like I'm yeah. fine with this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just want to go back. Um, I hope they open up in October so we can. I can get back there. We got yeah. Western Australia, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Definitely. Yep. So, um, I guess the last thing would be is if anybody wants to get in touch with you. Uh, to inquire about snakes for purchasing or even just kind of bounce some ideas off of you, uh, how would they get in contact with you? Best thing would be uh, on Facebook, I guess. Okay. Yeah, just uh, Meridia.nl. The actual URL is not in use anymore, but I just kept the name for Facebook. Okay. And uh, do you have importation to the United States or no? Um, It's kind of hard these days. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I think that was Eric trying to line up for some pygmy pythons in that last question right there. <laughs> he tried to. No, I, I think he tried to slide that the, in there. Yeah. Sometimes the people will, you know, I don't know about you, but I get hit up a lot about. They don't ask me Europe. questions. Because uh, <laughs> I know they'll they'll probably hit you up and ask if you import to the U.S. So I figured. Yeah. I just get that out of the way. Save yeah, it's smart. Save you some messages on Facebook. <laughs> no. Maybe things change in the future and uh, there will be more of a possibility again. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Right. Awesome, man. This has been great and uh, we we definitely yeah. enjoyed it and uh, yeah, man. Same here. wealth of freaking knowledge when it comes to this kind of stuff and you know, now I'm looking at my carpet pythons that are in their teens, and I'm like, "You guys are still here. <laughs> like, you guys are gonna, you guys might be here for a lot longer than I expected." So, you know, it, um, maybe retiring you at like age 12 was stupid. So, yeah, it's hmm. we'll, we'll see about that one. But no, nah, man, this has been great. Yeah, yep. really enjoyed it. I appreciate Thanks. you taking the time to to chat with us, and uh, glad we finally could make it happen. So, no problem. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, we got to come back and uh, uh, you got to come back when you um, go out to Australia and find some more stuff to uh, bounce some more herping Australia things off of us. So we can go back and forth. It'd be great. So, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, or me or just there. come with, <laughs> or you just come with us. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> oh, there you, go. you just meet us there. It's like yeah, yeah. it's fine. Fellow so. Pelly brother. Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> Keith McPeak family, is man. yeah. Keith McPeak is going to make jackets at some point, so he'll let you'll reach out. So, <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. Good, man. Okay. All right. All right so. Man.